It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast with me, Sean Barker, down here in New Zealand. And me, Sam Davis, and I'm up here in Bournemouth. And thank you for lending us your ears for the next wee while, and we trust that you are wearing your Bournemouth shirt while listening. Good. Nice job. So for me, I am wearing our blue away shirt with Lewis Cook number 18 on the back. That's a dreamy shirt, Sean. And I'm wearing the back of the net Eddie Had a Dream t-shirt, which you too could be wearing by buying yourself one from our website. All right, Del Boy, save the sales pitch for later. This time next year, we could be millionaires. <laughs> More chance of AFC Bournemouth being a Premier League club, Sam. Uh, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> In some ways. Uh, talking of AFC Bournemouth, which of course is the whole purpose of the show, here's what's coming up this week. Sam was supposed to be at Dean Court tonight to witness the Cherries take on Preston in the EFL Cup, so he brings us his extended feature before we chat through the key moments both on and off the pitch this evening. Yeah, you might find it interesting. We then go back in time to hear the fan thoughts and expert analysis about our defeat last weekend versus Manchester City in the Premier League. We'll also briefly discuss that defeat, 
trying very hard to pick out some positives. Um, like the weather. I mean, that was quite good, wasn't it? I, I can't remember, Sam. All I remember is just players in blue on the ball. <laughs> good point. Well, moving on from that defeat, we'll also preview the upcoming Premier League game versus Everton. Where hopefully we won't just see players in blue on the ball. <laughs> but before all that, we have this week's Do You Remember? where we welcome a brand new quiz master. So, ladies and gentlemen, here's Rob. This cheeky Irishman was born in January 1981 in Belfast. He joined us from Leeds on a free transfer in 2001. He was hugely popular in his three years at the club and scored 36 goals in 108 games, playing as a striker. He left Bournemouth for Stockport, before going on to play for Luton, Cardiff and Plymouth, amongst others. He won a total of 46 caps for Northern Ireland, and is now continuing his career in management, currently managing Newport County. Do you remember? Do you remember? Thank you, Rob, the new quizmaster. So he's come in to uh, up the ante when it comes to uh the quiz now i'm also in it now this season sam so (laughs) i'm think i know who it is cheeky irishman in fact i think pretty confident what about you yeah i'm pretty sure i well from the first clue it could have been one of two that were in my mind but then the second clue pretty much did it for me and uh well we'll talk more about this player later on but i'm almost dead certain for once in my life sean that i've got it right I'm going to throw in one extra clue, which was one of my favourite moments at Dean Court, where this guy scored the winning goal in a game against Boston that at 90 minutes we were 1-0 down, we equalised, and then this chap, cheeky chap, popped up with the winner. I jumped so far and high when I celebrated the goal that when we calmed down, this was in the seats, I was four rows lower than where I started. (laughs) Ah, tremendous times. Beautiful. Now, unfortunately, we're recording this show after the Preston EFL Cup game, which, it's fair to say, not many people did have a tremendous time, certainly not as a Bournemouth fan. Now, Sam was going to the game, he had his ticket, and he brings us a special extended feature. Originally was going to be all about the game, but as you probably will find out, didn't turn out exactly as he'd expected. Right, so it's just gone 6.45pm on Tuesday, September the 20th, 2016. I'm on my way to watch AFC Bournemouth versus Preston North End in the 
rebranding debacle that is the uh, what's it called now? The EFL Cup, the League Cup to you and me. Should be an interesting game. Uh, I've just actually got the team news right in front of me. Right, this is hot off the press. So we've got Federici, Mings, Ake, Wilson, Brad Smith, Dan Gosling, Lewis Cook, Ryan Fraser, Max Gradle, Benicafobe, and Lewis Graben. So a strong 11 and a decent bench as well, which includes Lise Mousset. Many people wanted him to be starting after his performance against AC Milan. Now, speaking of AC Milan, if you're a subscriber to Cherry's Player and you've been awaiting highlights for that, that's part of the reason why we brought you this feature on Preston tonight, because we didn't want you to be waiting weeks and weeks and weeks for some media content on this EFL Cup game. You get it the day after. How good is that? But anyway, should be an interesting game. We should be winning tonight. You would think so. Preston are a strong side, but alas, I'm on my way to Springbourne. I've just seen a tweet, actually, that Bournemouth Council have decided they're going to be doing some grass-cutting work near the Springbourne roundabout and have therefore closed the Wessex Way from 9.30pm tonight. Only in Bournemouth do the council make decisions like that. Absolutely ludicrous. Right, by the LV roundabout, hopefully it should be a clear stretch from here. Well, it's 7.38 and I'm just walking towards Dean Court now and you would think Man United have come to town. The queues outside the Vitality Stadium are ridiculous. Uh, far be it from me to call it bad planning from the club but there's a lot of disgruntled people out here many of which are deciding not to bother at all uh, turning their backs and walking home a lot of swearing going on as well I'm just going to walk along the queue here see if you can uh, hear what people are saying yes we are I don't, I don't really know how it's working to be honest some not very happy bunnies whatsoever um, the queuing actually starts even before the club shop starts. Five minutes to kick off. What a joke. Uh, I was, well, I'm collecting tickets. Yeah, me too. just told me to get in the queue. And, well, you know, what's no, the queue? I'm in a queue over yeah, there. Yeah, no one knows. Very disorganised. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 7.42 and I would estimate that there are about 500 to 750 people outside waiting to either collect their tickets or just grab a ticket. There are about four or five windows open. It's shambolic, to say the least. And for the first time, I'm afraid to say it, I've paid 12 quid for my ticket and I don't think I'm even going to bother going to the game. That's how shambolic this whole operation is. As you may have just heard, I was chatting with a guy who said the same as me. He was told to get in a queue because he's collecting tickets. Doesn't even know where the queue is. Uh, I've seen one visible steward. That was the one that stopped me from walking into the player's entrance. Um, just <laughs> I thought I'd chance it, but uh, no, afraid not. Uh, I'm going to give it another five minutes, but let's just mingle again. If I don't get anywhere, I'm afraid to say... It's not good news for the organisational skills of AFC Bournemouth's ticket office, put it that way. It's, it's got worse.
As you can hear, some very unhappy people outside Dean Court. Uh, now, I'm just basically stood right outside the the ivory tower, the glass entrance, and if I look to my left, they're still queuing up as far as the end of the club shop, even further. Uh, bear in mind, it's eight minutes into kickoff now, it's 7.53. On the other side, they're just by the start of the bar, so it's absolutely terrible. The, the organisation is absolutely pathetic. Now, uh, I am not watching the game tonight. I've decided to actually walk back to my car. Now, I'm in the situation where I bought the ticket online. Uh, so I wasn't actually getting a ticket uh, on the night. I've reserved it online. But the problem is they don't know what windows which, as you just heard from the stewards there. Real bad. And I'm actually just looking through the gaps now as I walk away from Dean Court. It's bloody empty in there. You can barely hear any fans. And that's that. Um, no idea how they're going to do tonight. It will take me about 20 minutes to get back to my car. Oh, looks sounds like we had a chance. But um, unfortunately, well, something's happened. And that, I would indicate, is perhaps a Preston goal. I don't know that for a fact. Sounds like Preston have scored. Would love to be in there to actually find out what the hell is going on, but sadly that is indicative of the whole situation at the moment. Yeah, that's Preston, 1-0 up. Um, if there was ever a symbolic goal, that is probably it. So, trudging away from Dean Court, very disappointed. Jeff Mostyn... It starts from the top and it starts with you. The dialogue needs to be open and transparent. Let's stop hiding behind Twitter and all these uh, predetermined tweets and let's have some actual proper dialogue with the fans about what is happening with regards to many situations. Now, look, I, I'm not particularly that bitter about the £12 that I've lost, but there are a lot of kids that have come with their dads crying walking away from Dean Court. This was the one match that they could go to. First-time supporters, this is their chance. The, the, the you know, tickets were on general sale. Sadly, they're now going home and going to bed. Very disappointed kids. Um, really not good enough, I'm afraid. Right, Radio Solent. Where are we? No, don't want that. This is my evening. Beautiful. I think I might pop down the bear for a pint, actually. Nine and a half minutes until half time. Cherry's trail. Gradle goes for goal. Hits the wall. Deflected. Bounces straight into the goalkeeper's hands. Well, it sounds as though on the pitch, uh, AFC Bournemouth are not exactly um, putting in a great performance so far. Preston's still 1 0 up. Five minutes to go. Doesn't actually sound as though I'm missing anything. I'm having a really nice drive down the Wessex Way, which is lovely, ahead of the 
grass being cut in an hour's time, which is another beautiful decision to compound people's nightmares. Yeah, it's not it's it's not too great. Um, so I'm going to pop to have a quick beer, and uh, then yeah, looking forward to recording the podcast very shortly. Well, it's uh, twenty to nine now on Tuesday night. Uh, just just under two hours after I got in the car, all excited about the Preston game. Yeah, what an evening. Okay, so the dust has settled somewhat and Bournemouth have lost 3-2 to a McEnough hat-trick. On the pitch, it really doesn't seem too good, so I'm going to avoid Twitter for now. But first of all, I just want to say that I love AFC Bournemouth. I've been a fan since I was eight, a season ticket holder for the majority of my years from that age. I've chucked money in boxes, I've I've given up my pocket money as a kid in order to help pay the wages of people like John Bailey... Ian Cox and for some reason Krista Warren I did say in the pre-recorded piece far be it from me to call it bad planning from the club but I'm going to have to refute my own statement it was terrible planning from the club over the years as the club has grown on Twitter I've always been the first to defend it um the late kits season tickets not being delivered the online ticketing issues when an organisation grows, there's always going to be teething problems. And I've I've seen various matters raised over on Twitter over the years. And the nature of tweeting means it's a very fine line. And it's a kind of fire and forget form of media. You tweet, a bunch of people read it, it's gone. It's always knee-jerk reactions and lots of conjecture. But tonight, let me tell you, the reactions you're seeing are far from knee-jerk. Um, now, before I go on, I've got to say, yes, we're a podcast, and yes, it favours us to be on the right side of the club. They allow us to talk to people like Big Fletch and get sound bites from people like Stephen Purchase, etc. However, as a multi-million pound business, they have to be open to criticism. And speaking as a fan, that is exactly what I'm going to do. In order to get better, you need to take criticism. And Jeff Mostyn, I hope you're listening to this, you're the decision maker of what is no longer a charity, but a business. There were hundreds of people tonight, hundreds, who couldn't watch their team play. I also got to say, this is not anything to do with me being annoyed at losing 12 quid. Well, actually, it's 14 quid with the booking fee. As you might have guessed, I booked and I paid online. I can afford it. And it's not me throwing my toys out the pram at the first thing that's ever gone wrong for me in terms of AC Bournemouth. It's not that at all. But when you see the tearful faces of unconsolable kids being whisked away from Dean Court by their parents who have either spent or are about to spend the best part of 40 quid, it's just, it's absolutely sickening. This was the one game this season that they could get to. The availability was good. It was the chance to invite brand new fans to the club and instead they're now going home and they're probably considering what Eddie Mitchell once said to support that lot up the road because I bet their infrastructure can cope with this number of people which, by the way, I estimate to be about a thousand people. I was there, I saw it, I took pictures, I tweeted it. Now, some people on Twitter, the minority, I've got to say, uh, say things like, well, you should have got here earlier. Uh, Excuse me. (laughs) People have worked long and hard all day just so they can even afford to bring their kids to matches like this. And given the diabolical traffic, 
Some could only leave their homes at 6, 6.30, find a space, be in with a fighting chance of being even remotely near the ground come half seven. It worries me. I think there's a wider issue, the lack of organisation at the club. It's, it's not just ticketing. Only recently, uh, the excellent Max and Kelly left our club in the media department, widely regarded as being the best in the business. They were professional, and although the club communication hasn't always been great they did go above and beyond as did serena in the ticket office um since then max and kelly have gone uh, serena's no longer there and now exiled fans from across the uk can sometimes never get tickets online because the system keeps crashing um they can't find any information about the club via cherry's player because it's not been updated in so long now recently people on twitter have been noticing that there are more videos I've noticed half of it is syndicated content from the Premier League TV channel. So it seems that very minimal is actually being done inside the club. It seems to me, at least, cutting corners. And that doesn't cut the mustard, I'm afraid. When you're a business and you're looking to expand, bring in new revenue from potential customers, matches like this are more important than any other match that we've had this season. Yes, in the footballing sense, it means nothing. But off the pitch, it's gargantuan. It's a chance to see... New faces light up, the skills on display on the pitch, a chance for kids to get their first smell of the stadium, the the smell of the half-time sausage rolls, the lights, the loud music on the PA. Instead, half of them are just sat in the back seat of the car listening to Chris and Willow commentate on what, as it happened, was a dire match of football. Um, Now, I don't want this to be a session where I constantly bash AFC Bournemouth because I know that there are some amazing members of staff at the club who work very hard to keep our fans happy our fans are pretty demanding I would say but I just don't want to take anything away from them however when you've got four ticket windows open for a thousand fans it's not good enough now if you've not used the AFC Bournemouth ticketing website congratulations to you you've dodged a bullet if you have you'll know that for matches like this each section of the stadium is divided up and you can see the available the availability on there um earlier on today this was about one o'clock there were a lot of greens which indicates that there are a lot of tickets in that section available a fair few ambers which means that you know there's a few but effectively plenty of seats were available um i'm now reading tweets from people saying how they've had massive round trips lasting hours only to be watching no football. Um, Amy Etherton uh, said, my daughter was so excited to go to the match, but only got in the ground 10 minutes ago. This was like practically half time. Pretty poor effort from a Premier League club. Uh, I'm quoting from the Echo now. Gail Hope said, it's embarrassing. Premier League club on the pitch, Wessex League off it. Um, Many supporters in the queues eventually went home. Now, the club did issue a statement to the Daily Echo saying it promised to review the process for future games. AFC Bournemouth would like to apologise to those supporters who experienced delays in either purchasing or collecting prepaid match tickets in the run-up to tonight's EFL Cup tie against Preston North End. In the days leading up to the game, the club made every effort to both advise supporters to pre-purchase and collect their tickets as far in advance of the match as possible and to arrive early to avoid the queues. Oh, so that's okay then. It's the supporters' fault. Uh, Honestly... Um, it goes on to say ahead of the kickoff there were a number of people purchasing tickets for the first time and these transactions took longer to process which in hand had a knock-on effect of queuing times the club will review the process for future games when general sale is reached 
AFC Bournemouth very much appreciates, uh, not apologises, appreciates uh, supporters' patience on this matter. There were loads of tweets that came into me personally, um, keeping it AFCB tweeted, so we are deliberately going for extra time to make it up to the people who've missed the first half. Joe Lockhart said, this is a seriously bigger disgrace than the toss that's happening on the pitch. Sort it out, AFC Bournemouth, sort it out. Matt Mabry, what has this club turned into? What a shambles. Uh, Cheza Mabry said, uh, I'm off to watch non-league on Sunday. Bournemouth are a joke, forgot their roots so quickly. Um, Ian Garrard, after the match, said, Lewis Cook, awarded man of the match, marginally ahead of the ticket office manager. I could go on. Um, we will not make too much of a meal of this on our Twitter account, but if you just look at the hashtag AFCB between, say, 7pm and half past 8, that is probably enough. Um, Preston won on the pitch, Bournemouth lost on the pitch, and Bournemouth have definitely lost off the pitch today. Slow hand clap, AFCB. Slow hand clap. Okay, well, that's enough of me talking about tickets, but let's move on to the brighter side to talk about the match itself. Sean and I are going to discuss the game shortly, but stop press. We've got a few voice messages in from Mark and Nobby Dob. Let's press play. Hi, it's Mark from Wellington and Eastleigh again. Um, second half better than the first, obviously, but God, we threw that away. Um, our defence seems to be non-existent. And I think that we're going to really struggle if any of this, uh, these players need to come in for the current first team, frankly. Preston um, are no great shape, but they deserve to win towards the end. Cheers. Hi, guys. It's Nobby Dog here from Southbourne. Um, I've been wondering for weeks why, play- why players aren't getting into the first team. And now I realise why. Um, £10 million for a phobie. Unbelievable. Um, the guy can hardly head the ball get on the end of passes um, and unfortunately a lot of the players are better we keep the faith but uh, on tonight's performance um, it's not very uh, good uh, looking to the future anyway up the cherries and we live to fight another day hi it's Mark from Wellington and Eastleigh again uh, just in the end of the game we really didn't play at all well um, apart from perhaps about 20-30 minutes in the second half extra time, we just didn't look at the races at all. Um, I thought a phobia was completely non-existent, grabbing slightly better, uh, but not much. And we just conceded um, the uh, midfield um, for the last sort of 45 minutes to a very poor Preston side. Um, we didn't deserve anything out of it. Um, the plus side, I get a cut point on the negative side, that we don't need to play reserves and be rubbish if we get to see it again. Cheers, mate. Bye. So thank you very much to Mark and Nobby Dog for their thoughts after our defeat to the Lilywhites. Simon Mackinock's hat-trick saw the championship side Preston beat Bournemouth of the Premier League, of course, after extra time. In the League Cup third round, the Danish striker poked home the decisive third goal midway through the second half of the additional period. 
Now, Mackinac had given North End an early lead from inside the area and then headed an equaliser in the 85th minute. In Bournemouth, of course, they had come from behind to lead 2-1 via Lewis Graben's penalty and Dan Gosling's close-range finish. Now, it was a case of revenge for the Lily Whites, who were knocked out on penalties by AFC Bournemouth at the same stage of last year's competition. Now, sadly, I didn't see anything of the game. And Sean, you've obviously been reading tweets and seeing various things said about the ticketing debacle. It must have reminded you of when you left England, wasn't it, when we were back in League Two days? Well, I think that's the thing, and that's the frustration that... that As a fan, you end up happy with this club. It's like, when are we going to learn? And, I mean, the club's response, I think, is an absolute disgrace. In bearing in mind how angry people were, to put out a kind of, we're sorry, oh, but you should have got there earlier. Like, for me, that's not the time and place for it. Yes, you can argue you shouldn't be turning up five minutes before. I kind of get that. But still, the fundamentals absolutely fall at the club. We've known about this situation for so many years. We've had this conversation over and over again. The you know, they knew that this potent- had potential to happen. Why it's not better organised? Why are we not allowing people to be able to get tickets at turnstiles? You know, we bang on about they need to get the database, you know, right for points. Well, they can't even get the points right. So what's the point of taking people's names for points that when the points all mess up? It's just a catalogue of errors after error after error. And, and for me on the outside, it's just sad that when this used to happen back in the day, at least... Everything else about the club was a shambles. So we kind of, we'd get angry, but at the same time, you'd kind of laugh and go, you know, it's just our club. You're talking millions of pounds now, and to still be in this situation where you've got kids going home crying, you've got people not being able to get in, and then the communication from the club being so poor, I think when you weigh all that up, absolutely right that there was a fair amount of anger. And obviously, sorry for you, mate, that you didn't get in to see... The game, well, regardless of obviously what happened on the pitch. I, I was thinking about it um, when I was driving back and I was thinking, at what time in the evening do I honestly think I would have got in? I think there'd have been like five, maybe five minutes to go in the first half I'd have got in. But many people on Twitter were angry too. Uh, we'll just uh, zip through these tweets because we want to talk about the football as well. Linda B, it was terrible to see hundreds of people queuing. Not right. Uh, Peter Kirby said, AFC Bournemouth are a joke club. They forget their roots so quickly. Matt Mabry, what has this club turned into? What a shambles. Joe Lockhart, this is a bigger disgrace than the toss that's happening on the pitch. Seriously, sort it out. Uh, it goes on. Tweets from Matthew Barker, Dusty, It's Mr. O, Ed Waldridge as well. You can just have a look at the AFC Bournemouth hashtag and you can kind of see what's going on. But it didn't really make it better what was happening on the pitch, did it? Because the first half itself, not that I would have seen much of it, um, wasn't great. But let's just talk about the team lineup. 11 changes. So we, of course, mentioned them in our little feature back there. What did you think of that 11 that started the game? Well, I mean, we knew it was going to happen and there were players there that, you know, I mean, again, as I put on Twitter, we've got to just say a moment for Tyrone Mings and shame that it came with such an awful team performance. But still, for him to be out there for over 100 minutes after the injury and setbacks he suffered, I mean, that was a huge 
plus. The rest of the side, you know, it was after the City game, and we'll talk about that later on, this was viewed as, well, this is good. This is a chance to get our momentum back, give players that haven't had many minutes a chance. And as Eddie Howe said in the interview after... I mean, he said he doesn't really have any problems when it comes to team lineup now after that performance because, I mean, he did pull out uh, Dan Gosling for praise, but other than that, nothing really. I mean, listening, I was listening in on the silent commentary while trying to make breakfast for my baby and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, uh, there were moments where it seemed like Brad Smith sounded like he was being lively. I mean, Willow loves Moussa and was going on about him all the time, about how attacking he was and he's going to get a goal in a minute. Um, but other than that, I mean, I didn't even know if Hobie was still on the field until an extra time when someone put a ball up to him and he didn't win it. Um, it just sounded overall like nobody took their opportunity, did they? No, that's right. And um, looking on social media, there's a lot of unhappy people. Tim, who tweeted in, said, are we deliberately going for extra time to make it up to the people who missed the first half an hour? Ian Garrard, Lewis Cook, awarded Man of the Match, marginally ahead of the ticket office manager. Someone said I was lucky to be there, that uh, not be there. That was Ian Stevens. Um, Robbie Sargent, just like last season, Howe has some serious work to do. This starting lineup tonight cost fifty million. That's the money he has spent. So it sounded like uh, it was a Federici sort of blooper that uh, you know that let Preston in. Um, and yeah, they held it until half time, and then in the second half, apparently we came out. Well, seemingly like a different side and uh, we got into the lead. Yeah, and I think that's the you know good point mate raised by people is about you know the amount of money. I know money isn't everything, but the reality is is as we talked about last week, our squad this year is so much stronger than any squad we've probably ever had and you know last week we, we were talking on the show about how Eddie's got he hasn't just got two or three players that could be pushing for a starting place potentially he's got six seven eight players well that's what we thought um which is why it's so baffling to find out why it went so horribly wrong tonight I mean there's been lots of people clamoring for a change in our starting lineup in the Premier League you know this player should be playing that player should be playing and it makes you wonder what goes on in training and what do they see. And obviously, you know, it sounds like the guys that did get a run tonight certainly didn't take their chance. We changed the formation. We try we tried playing three at the back, um, which, again, we haven't done at all this season. Um, some people saying, well, why are we trying it now? I, I, I would contest that playing it in a game like this should be a good opportunity, as long as within training it's been so drilled in that it feels natural and it, it can be, you know, used in a positive way way it sounds like it was a mismatch no one really knew what was going on you've got wingers playing at full back you've got lots of passing without any end product and I mean Eddie's got a lot of work to do you know he's he's guided us through some incredible times but this this seems like it is a tough period but without getting too over the top when you look at the run of games that we've had but that excuse doesn't stack up tonight when you're playing a poor championship side that are playing their reserves. Yeah, there were a few decisions that he made that um, many people were looking at him and questioning uh, his managerial ability. And there are some conversations on Twitter that I'm reading that you wouldn't quite believe. But uh, there's a tweet from Wright Gaza who uh, said, 
Sean, Sam, have you got any Eddie Had a Nightmare t-shirts? And maybe that's the case. He was playing Ryan Fraser at right back by the sounds of it. Rob Frank mentioned over on Facebook why are we playing a formation that we've never played before and why have we got nothing on the bench in case we needed bailing out. Now, in his post-match interview, Eddie Howe did come out. As you said, first of all, I have to apologise to the supporters. I feel passionately that we've let them down tonight. We didn't do the things required that justified them paying their money and the time it takes. And I feel sorry for that. I'll do everything in my power to put it right. The fundamentals weren't there for a good performance and the technical level was very low. Ultimately, as manager, I have to take responsibility. Now, later on in the interview, he kind of did say, you know, we thought we'd rotate players to give them a chance. However, we may have to rethink that. That was quite an interesting uh, sentence. Yeah, I mean, you know, over the last few years, we've done this policy of playing players in the cup that, you know, needed a run out. And I I don't know, I, I would still expect um, that to continue, to be honest, because you do have to give these guys game time. But, you know, I think certainly some people that thought they might be knocking on the door uh, probably aren't now. Now, my, my only worry is... You know, we've got some players in that first team that I think haven't been performing up to their highest levels. You need somebody giving you a kick up the arse to be able to sometimes keep that, you know, improve your form. So that's my only, well, not my only concern, but one of my concerns is for some of those players, are they now looking going, well, I'm going to be in at the weekend after that kind of performance. So it's as a club, it's not been a great night certainly on the field and definitely off the field as well. And uh, Sam, just, I guess, some last comments. I see um, getting a bit of a local celebrity with your with your rants. I think you they read your tweet out on Radio Solent. The Echo have quoted you, and I think you're even going to be on the radio tomorrow. Yeah, just re- That's right. Just remember me, OK? Just remember me. I will indeed, Sean. You'll just be a little footnote in my biography. But by the way, if you do get a chance to have a look at that uh, very article, um, some, I would say, very knee-jerk comments about Eddie Howe there. Um, yeah, don't read too much into them. Now, we had some match puns. Thank you very much to everyone who sent them in. Uh, right, Matt Callahan, Cherries fail to impress Don as... Extra time brings a north end to their cup run. <laughs> oh, that's good. Some light relief and a good pun. Well done. Very good. Also, Marco Pinon is uh, a new name to the podcast. Welcome, Marco. Hello. <laughs> How on earth can we press on after this? Press on. Bit of a theme, but good. It's very good. Very good. And also Robert Murphy. Uh, Manchester misery followed by North End nightmare leaves cherries red-faced. Very professional, Robert. Very professional. And a great segue into our next part there, Robert. It's almost like you knew what we were going to talk about next. Yes, so we go from the uh, disappointing performance midweek to our disappointing performance at Manchester (laughs) at the weekend. Oh, there is definitely a theme. Now, um, there's no fan thoughts from the uh, Man City game because everyone was just too despondent to even want to talk about it. So instead, Sam's done a little montage of some professional uh, sound bites of people in the know to find out what they had to say about the defeat at the Etihad.
Yes, well, it's it's been uh, as easy as you like, really, for Man City to really, really impress with Guardiola, the shape of the team, the tactics. It's been a joy to watch. It really, really has. And on this performance, eight wins in a row for Guardiola early on here in his Man City reign as, as a manager. I have to say, if they keep up this form or anywhere near this form, they're going to take some stop in Deno. Yeah, it was a tough, tough day. Um, Manchester City, to their credit, I thought were excellent. And we did fear that if they get into their top gear, it's always going to be difficult. That said, the first two goals from our perspective, once a free kick has gone under a wall and the second one's from our set piece. Um, so, yeah, the nature of the goals, I think, is the, the disappointing thing. Yeah, we, we won after Champions League. is not easy. Uh, we had a little bit problems in our high pressing in some moments. But in general, the quality of the Manchester City players have uh, has uh, made the difference. Absolutely immense. What has he done to this team? It's ridiculous. He's going possibly the best football I've ever seen at the Etihad. That second goal, I just didn't know where to look after it. I was like, what, what just happened? Brayden, bad. Brayden, where did it go wrong? We only scored four. Yeah, I know I said 7 1, but still, great win. Uh, it looks, um, my man of the match was definitely cla- uh, not Claudio. Kevin De Bruyne, like they said. And um, we've learned, people were saying that Claudio Bravo couldn't cross, couldn't save crosses, couldn't do out. But now we've learned that he can save. He had none last week. It's better than this week. It's better this week. Uh, very comfortable for City, but I suppose at the same time you feel that Bournemouth didn't really do themselves justice today. No, they didn't. I mean, Eddie Howe hit the nail on the head in that interview there, and they were their own worst enemy today. I mean, you go to the Etihad, and I can imagine the discussions that he was having in the dressing room beforehand, getting his team ready, and this is from straight from kickoff. Sermon passes it back. Great pressing from Iniacho, but the last thing you want in the first 10 seconds of a game at the Etihad is Kevin De Bruyne picking the ball up and having a shot on goal. And those were the thoughts after Manchester City's 4-0 win over the Cherries. And you may have spotted a few famous voices in there. Uh, Jermaine Jenis was one of them. And we we had a couple of Man City fans in there for good measure. As Sean said, Bournemouth fans just just didn't want to talk about it because it was a scintillating Manchester City that made it eight wins out of eight in all competitions as they easily beat Bournemouth at the Etihad. Kevin De Bruyne put the league leaders in front with a low free kick under the wall after Jack Wilshere's foul. City were dominant and two clinical counter-attacks led to Iniacho and Raheem Sterling tap-ins and then Gudongan calmly slotted in a fourth. But City did have Nolito sent off late for for an attempted headbutt. That was on Adam Smith. Uh, Whilst any contact with his head looked slight, uh, the referee John Mosh had little option but to dismiss the winger. Well, the line-up... There was no Callum Wilson, and Jack Wilshire came straight in for the striker, Sean. Thoughts? Well, before the game, we talked about, oh, yeah, we think Wilshire will probably be in for a run-out. The only thing that baffled me was Eddie's comments after the game when referencing 
Wilshire in his performance, where he basically said it would it was impossible for Wilshire to really provide anything in that game because Wilshire relies on getting the ball in the opposition third and you know he didn't see the ball at all which I thought we all kind of knew going into the game that that was going to be the case so that was the only thing I found a little bit puzzling was you know with that kind of performance if that was what he was wanting from Wilshire well he wasn't going to get that from Wilshire so maybe it would have been better not playing him but um, you had an interesting theory you'd heard about about why Wilson didn't start yeah, and I forgot who I actually spoke about this to. Now, Wilson obviously scored uh, our winner against West Brom. Um, was he likely to score against Manchester City? Were we likely to score against Manchester City? Probably not. The thoughts were, maybe Eddie's not playing him, just to keep the confidence streak running so that in the next game when he starts, probably against Everton on Saturday, in his last game, he scored a goal. And then in his next game, hopefully he can score a goal. He didn't want him to drop down psychologically. Do you do you buy that theory? <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't think Eddie thinks like that. I think for Eddie, it's all about the football and I think he knew we probably weren't going to get a lot of the ball, which, again, is just why it's puzzling for the Wilshire decision. But um, having King up top, you knew you are going to need somebody that was basically prepared to just chase shadows and run around for 90 minutes. And as we know, King will do that, and he will keep on running, and occasionally his pace will cause um, some trouble, which, which he actually did, to be fair. He did get behind, whereas I still feel like Wilson is coming back to fitness to a degree... So I think, for me, it made sense on a footballing reason. Mm. Uh, I did actually tweet during the game and I said, you know, the opposition aside, Bournemouth were absolutely woeful. Um, There were so many misplaced passes. The control was poor. I thought the Bournemouth players were generally really bad. Andrew Sermon, I think, absolutely had a terrible game. Um, I wouldn't miss him if he didn't start against Everton. Now, I love Andrew Sermon to bits. Uh, Great bloke, but he had a real bad game. And I think really for a few games, he's been fairly ineffective. Now, I know he is one of those players that never usually stands out. And he's just a, you know, just a small and almost a silent cog in the whole system. But he just uh, looked very exposed, and there were a number of players out there that uh, I feel probably you know didn't deserve to start. But then you, you know you look at the players tonight against Preston, you think, well, who would actually go in their place? But you do also, Sean, you wanted to pay tribute to Manchester City as well, didn't you? Well, I think you have to, and I do still think as bad as our performance was. I think a large part of that was City forced us into that. I mean, what impressed me, not only their their tactical setup, their positioning and their, their obviously they've got the technical ability and skills, but it was their work rate right from the off. They literally gave us no time on the ball anywhere on the pitch. So every time we made a pass... They were honest within a second or two. So what happens is, is after the first couple of times where you get the ball. Now, let's say your sermon and you've been you've been given the ball when you can't turn and you can't make any shape or any angle or control the ball because you've immediately got a player on you. What eventually happens is, is that split second before you get the ball, you think somebody's going to be on me here. And then you panic, it bounces off, you make a bad pass. You don't really want the ball. And I think there were some players that suddenly 
didn't really want the ball because, you know, we've, you just what are you going to do with it when you've immediately got City just down your throats? And the work rate, that was what stood out. And I think it just, they bullied us, not, not in a physical way, but they just bullied us in terms of time on the ball. We love to have time on the ball. We love Sermon being able to take it, turn, play a little pass to Arda, get it back, flick it wide. And I I think if you watch it back, I still think as bad as we were. Yeah, I've got to just say credit to City. Just absolute different class. What's worrying me this season is, I know we started off against Manchester United, we lost 3-1 and, you know, we had a good first half performance. But then you see the way that they were dispatched uh, against Watford on the following day. Then, obviously, after that, we had the match at West Ham, which was, you know, Bournemouth really should have got something out of it. It was a, it was a late header. Um, we go and beat West Brom 1-0, and then they go and win 4-2 away. And all, all these kind of matches just making me think, oh, my goodness, is it is it going to be one of these seasons? Like, all all of the things are just making me think, maybe we're, we're not as good as what we think we are this season. I don't know. I still think it's, you know, given the, the fixtures before the season, I don't think we're far off point-wise where we thought we'd be. And if you do look back at the games, you go, well, West Ham, we look pretty good for a point, really. They didn't really threaten us. We certainly didn't threaten them. But until, like, a late goal, there's a point. The game against Palace, again, as poor as we were, you're a minute away from getting a win and then suddenly both those go our way and you've got an extra four points and we're we're sitting very comfortably. But at the same time, you're right, you can't disguise the performances. Certainly the performances given the squad. And I think we did all expect... I expected the same hunger and work rate and fight that I just don't think we're seeing. You know, like that game at Anfield last year where we we should have beaten them and all that stuff that we were really putting in some spirited performances and and we just haven't quite seen that yet and maybe maybe it's this weekend who knows well i certainly hope so by the way got to say a big clap and now unlike the slow hand clap earlier a big clap to steve butler who uh well he created the song choice for today hang on a sec here's the clap Actually, I sound like a performing seal there, don't I? That was too quick. But anyway, I guess why that's the that's why they call it the blues. Elton John. Now we all we obviously felt blue, but it was also the blues themselves that dispatched of us. Very apt, Steve. So that was great. But we had loads of song suggestions, and we're doing this for every uh, one of our kind of uh, match reviews in the fan thoughts this season. Uh, right, Gaza, please. I can't stand losing. That's a good one. Uh, Tim, such. I think he's a Pet Shop Boys fan because he, he came up with about five different titles for a Pet Shop Boys song. What have I done to deserve this? It's a sin. <laughs> Left to my own devices. I'm with Stupid. One more chance. Tim, have you got the greatest hits album by any chance? Um, <laughs> Nobby Dog, uh, Spare Me the Details from The Offspring. And Tony Maycock was a little bit more blunt, the Benny Hill theme tune. And there was, also, <laughs> and there was also one from Ross Devonport as well. The band Lit uh, with My Own Worst Enemy, putting in brackets, at least two of those goals were a result of our idiocy. So, Sean, what you're saying is we shouldn't be so despondent and your glass is half full, right? Uh, oh, it's it's about, a th- I don't know, I reckon it's about a third full, you know. As I said, I still think we're waiting to see us put in a performance 
a run of performances that really gets us excited. And, you know, I just... Uh, there's the players there, there's the manager there. Surely it can't keep going on. Now, Sam, did we get any uh, pun headlines for the Man City game? The Man City game, yeah, I think we did. Um, they weren't that great, but let me just uh, scroll back <laughs> through them now. Um, yeah, there was... While Sam's doing that, I'll just... <laughs> uh, just let you know this week there's no club news which means there's no barker brilliant pun headlines and um to be honest again this kind of goes back to what's going on at the club at the moment you know we've had some our you know good media guys have left and the quality of the news coming out of the club is really poor at the moment you know so normally i scour through and you know you've got local papers always first always go to the good old daily echo for some news and they don't seem to be getting a sniff from the club you go to the mirror and occasionally they have a ridiculous story on there but there was nothing and then you go to the club website and it's all it's either talking about the game coming up or the game that's gone and there's not really been much news well that we're certainly hearing about so it's yeah it's a mini boycott that's what it is sam i've decided i'm making a stand no club news until the club give me some news yeah well i've heard there there is actually a a new media man now at uh, afcb who's um who's replaced max so hopefully uh that will uh, certainly help things the name is anthony marshall so anthony if you're listening to the podcast for the first time come on the show yes why not welcome to afcb just Maybe not listen to the first 20 minutes of the show. But anyway, big welcome to Anthony. And uh, he is going to be watching his first Premier League game at Dean Court on Saturday against Everton. Where hopefully that match with the Toffees is going to give Sean and I something to chew on. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, Sam. That's a pretty good pun. Pretty good pun. Now, uh, City puns. Did you find any? There weren't any. Oh, God. <laughs> Literally, it's just been erased from the memory. Okay. Oh, in which case, oh, it would have been great to end the link with the with the toffee chewing. Uh, can we just unwrap that again? Hey! <laughs> yeah. Done. This is Steve Jones, and you're listening to Back of the Net. Ah, Steve Jones, we could have done with some of his fight, his spirit, and more importantly, his goals tonight, but it wasn't to be. Hopefully, we're going to see some goals, though, at the weekend. We're going to be playing Everton now in the EFL Cup. Norwich beat Everton 2-0 at Goodison Park, so they're also smarting from a loss against a championship side. Uh, Ronald Koeman actually made six changes to the Everton side that beat Middlesbrough 3-1 at the weekend to take the Toffees up to second in the Premier League. So his starting eleven had plenty of ability and experience, perhaps unlike uh, AFC Bournemouth's starting eleven in terms of uh, the Premier League. But anyway, um, Sean... One thing I found quite funny, when we were just offline moments ago, I love the way that you were deciding the uh, the predicted starting 11 for AFC Bournemouth, and you were like, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I was thinking, I wonder if Eddie Howe does that. I wonder if he puts <laughs> the players, he thinks, oh, I've missed one out. But anyway, what are you uh, what are you thinking for the starting lineup on uh, on Saturday? Well, the funny thing is, eh, is I reckon before tonight's game, um, and certainly if tonight's game had gone well, I think there would have been more question marks than I think there probably will be now. I think um, from what Eddie said anyway, which is basically, well, I don't even have to worry about the lineup. I don't think we'll see many 
changes. Um, obviously, Boric will be back in goal and worrying, I guess, was from the reports of the former Federici tonight. Because, again, I think Boric is one of those players that needs to have a kick and know that there's a bit of a fight for the position there. And, you know, so I hope he continues what has been brilliant form. Smithy's going to be playing at the back with Frano and Cook. Now, before tonight, I... I had a thing that Brad Smith could be starting to push Daniels a bit harder. Certainly from when we've seen Smith, he seemed to be getting forward um, and just looking a bit more energetic. Obviously, I didn't see any visual tonight. So I said it sounded like Smith had some bright moments, but again, he didn't get singled out by Eddie. So possibly it's going to be a straight back four. Again, I would have thought there would start to be some question marks potentially over Sermon with maybe Aki coming in to take his place. But again, does that mean now Sermon's assured with Arta? I'd certainly expect us to see Wilshire if he's fit. And then up the top, I King Wilson back in. And then Stanislas on the bench, Gosling on the bench. Fraser on the bench, Afobe, Gradle. I mean, you know, there's so many players, but I don't know. I think um, surely we've got to read in that it's going to be pretty much as we were, other than maybe the odd tweak one or two. What about what do you think? Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, Boris and goal across the back. I don't think that will change. Smith, Frano, Cook, Daniels, um, Wilson up front. It's the midfield five that I wonder about because Jordan Ibe, I think, will start. Um, Harry Arter will start. Um, Jack Wilshire, I think, will start. And then you've got three players left. Uh, Josh King, Max Gradle, um, Junior Stanislas. Um, I think... Again, Gradle's going to be benched, and it's going to be uh, King and Stanislas. Uh, so Ibe, Arta, King, Wilshire, Stanislas. But who knows? Um, have you got a prediction for this game? Is it going to be a, a three-all? Oh, oh, I don't know if it'll be another three-all. I'm, I'm very worried about Lukaku up the top. You know, big striker who's uh, very, very talented, finding the back of the net. Um, Preston tonight had a big striker, nowhere near as talented. He got three goals, so... Mm. That's a bit of a concern. Um, I I don't know. It's difficult now. Before tonight, I was thinking I picked us for a for a draw, probably a one-all draw. Yeah, yeah. The pressure's on, isn't it? I'll go on. I'll stick. I'll stick one-all. Uh, Wilson's going to score again. Mm, I think Eddie Howe is going to be aware of everything that's going on on and off the pitch and will be emphasising to the players how much a win can properly galvanise things at Dean Court. I do think we still have the ability uh, to get a win and if we do win, I think, you know, this kind of cloud over the Vitality Stadium will be somewhat lifted. So I'm going to be glass half full and I'm going to say Bournemouth are going to win 2-1. Hi, I'm Michael Botto, and you're listening to Sean and Sam making some noise for the boys on Back of the Net. Okay, there you go, listener. That is pretty much another episode of Back of the Net. I felt like we've been like the the two grumpy old men on the Muppets shows. You know, that was awful. That was terrible. That was everything's bad. But, hey, you know, hopefully the sunshine is around the corner and we'll be a little bit happier on next week's show. 
Yeah, and uh, we're going to be more positive and things are going to go much more smoothly, including this week's outro. Now, if you didn't hear last week's show, um, well, it can only be described as comedy gold the last couple of minutes. Everything went wrong, but I tell you what is not wrong. That's the T-shirt that I'm wearing now. It's beautiful. It's the back of the net T-shirt. It's got Eddie had a dream on the front and... It's just £16.95, and you can buy one for yourself. And we've got them now in stock, so we can ship pretty much straight away. afcbpodcast.com forward slash shop, and then just click there to order. Uh, when you're ordering, by the way, you have got the opportunity to donate as well to the podcast. Uh, just so you know, we are completely free. It's produced from the goodness of our hearts. We're not paid to do it. We do it every single week. If you find any value in listening to us, just consider a small donation when you order or just click afcbpodcast.com slash donate. And it, it just helps to pay for equipment, hosting, phone calls, software licenses, all that kind of stuff. Now, the other thing you can do to stop Sam withering on and having his hand out every week is tap on the shoulder of your mate who's got that big business down the road and say, here, look, get in contact with AFCBpodcast.com because there's a sponsorship page on there and there's some business sponsorship. If we were to get that wrapped up lovely, then we can just stop talking about cash and keep talking about the cherries. Um, so, yeah, do check that out. But, Sam, yeah, you talked about last week's shambles of an outro because we forgot Do You Remember? Not this time. So we had the clues from Rob, cheeky Irishman, striker, played up front, scored, currently in management. I'm just going to open the envelope that Rob's supplied. <laughs> and the answer is... No, we know this one. Go on. It's Warren Feeney. Yes, it is. Warren Feeney. Good player, good work rate, scored some good goals for us as well. He nearly signed for our Sunday league side as well. Well, we say nearly signed, but do you remember once I think we won the league and we wanted him to play and and uh, everyone texted Warren Feeney. All 11 of us were in the the the, the, the Tappan Hobbit, actually. It was in Bournemouth, uh, which is now a, a Tesco's match. No, it's La Strada. Anyway, we were all sat in there having a beer on a Sunday afternoon. Everyone texted him. Yeah, but you know what as that was? That was also on the big screens. We were watching Leeds United get relegated from the Premier League and there was that kid crying. So we all sent him this text saying, come and sign for us. Oh, P.S. <laughs> Leeds got relegated because he was a big Leeds fan. Completely forgot about that. Yeah, that was exactly so, right. So I think that's exactly why he didn't sign. It's a bit like when Steve Phillips signed for us and uh, turned up with a Southampton shirt on the first day of training. But, hey, that's another story for another day. Rob's going to be back next week, and uh, I think we need to up the ante. I think he needs to get a little bit harder with his quizzes. But other than that, thank you very much for listening to the show. Onwards and upwards as being a Cherries fan. And, yeah, I reckon we're going to get at least a point at the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Now, make sure you spread the word. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Facebook.com slash AFCB podcast. Can you give us a like or maybe just mention it in your news feed and say, hey, guys, if you're an AFC Bournemouth fan, check out this link to us. And also on Twitter, we do appreciate retweets because it really helps to spread the word. There's 12,000 people who go, well, 10,000 Bournemouth fans at Deancor. Um, only a minority of them know about AFCB podcast back in the net. We, we really want uh, as many people tune 
tuning in as possible because we try to make it as interactive as possible and it, it really helps to make the show. Yep. So thanks again for your ears. Your ears can go off and do something else now. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. It is Callum Wilson. Top flight win. Sports Social Podcast Network.